This is a Retail Insider Podcast. You're listening to the interview series. Welcome to the Retail Insider Podcast. I'm your host today, Craig Patterson, and we're joined with a special guest, Suzanne Sears. She's the founder and president of Best Retail Careers International, as well as Retail Staffing Canada and Luxury Careers Canada. Welcome, Suzanne. Hi, Craig. It's been a long time, but there's lots to talk about. It's great to have you back. And today we're going to be talking about the June 2022 Canadian Labor Force Report, which had some rather surprising and shocking information in it. So we're going to go through that a little bit. Now, Suzanne, I'm going to ask you some questions. Please do answer them because I think that listeners are going to be interested in this. Uh, Now, in June 2022, the report in terms of jobs was kind of staggering because it was unexpected. Uh, Tell us a little bit about the highlights. Uh, The biggest highlight, and it should be earth-shattering news because it's never happened in Canada before since they've kept records, our unemployment rate fell to 4.9%. Now, to put that in perspective, that's the lowest rate in history since they've been tracking, as I mentioned. However, what most people don't realize is that 4% of the labor force is either unavailable for work, off on a disability, can't work. So really, you're looking at 0.9% of the entire labor market is available to for hire. Well, what this translates into is that for every one job that's open, vacant, or hiring for, there isn't even one person available to take that job. Wow. That's never mm. happened before. That, I mean, that sounds like it could be quite a, a challenge for retailers as well as other businesses, obviously. Um, and let's talk about some other strange aspects of the results, uh, including a bit of a, a job loss that we saw. Well, that's, what, that's the conundrum because we actually lost 43,000 jobs. Mm-hmm. But what were those jobs? Those were part-time jobs. So did the jobs themselves vanish? Well, basically what happened is retailers still love to hire part-time and want to hire part-time. However, what you'll find is that because they can't get part-time staff anymore, they've rolled their part-timers into full-timers. Some of that is seasonal, students agreeing to work full-time for the summer. But it also shows a bigger trend of where people are being boosted to full-time hours, even though that's not really what they want. Now, what were pundits expecting in terms of the uh, numbers in June? I think the pundits actually expected a retraction. I think they felt that inflation would drive employment down because extra costs might mean that people are buying less, spending less, traveling less. Um, Overall, there should have been a decline in the uh, consumer spending. Now, That's a lagging factor. You might not see that show up until three, six months later. But on the whole, they were predicting probably 43,000 less jobs and for the unemployment rate to go up. What they didn't anticipate, Craig, is that 100,000 people in one month would quit the labor force entirely. Wow. Gone. Holy cow. Now, retail was kind of the biggest loser, as we might say in this case. Absolutely. Almost all of the people who are no longer working 
came from retail, period. Retail was abandoned. Um, Was it abandoned in terms of nobody going to work elsewhere? No, that's the tragedy. Um, People left retail for, quote, unquote, better careers and or they retired and left that industry altogether. So retail is kind of the least favored industry for employment right now of all. Holy cow. I mean, that's disappointing. Demographics affected by this, uh, young and old, tell me what you're seeing or or, or, or what your impression would be. I think the... um, the uh, from what I've seen, the body of workers between 25 and say 55 uh, is still pretty consistent in their numbers working in retail. What's really new is that you used to see students working in stores on the weekends. Students are not accepting retail roles anymore. They're going into health services, um, medical offices, educational services. What we've seen in the youth which has generally been a pipeline for future employment, um, is that they're not accepting that anymore. They want jobs that mean something, that have social value. And unfortunately, they don't see retail as having great social value. Then on the flip side of the coin, uh, basically the brains of retail, the experience, the depth, the knowledge, 55 and older, primarily males, are leaving the industry in droves. So you have a stable middle, but you have no new input at the opening stages, and you have a tremendous exit. You know, there were a lot of people talking about the American Great Resignation and said, oh, that isn't happening in Canada. It will never happen in Canada. Guess what? It just happened. And if this, con- if this continues, if we continue to lose 100,000 people a month who said, that's it, I'm done working all together with the biggest impact being on retail. We can probably anticipate that somewhere around December, allowing for any external forces that might come into play, we might see an unemployment rate of 4%, which would be almost identical to the American rate of 3.9%. How does that impact us? Wages, 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 wages. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Well, let's talk about that for a sec. What is the average hourly wage in Canada right now? Believe it or not, it's $31.24, which translates into $65,000 a year. Wow. Is this a problem for retail? It sure is. Um, The minimum wage is, you know, so far below that grade. Um, Your ability to attract talent is negligible. Retailers were feeling pretty good because a lot of them you'll see are posting $18 an hour, $20 an hour, and they're not getting any takers. They're getting nothing. Why? Because the average salary in Canada is $10 an hour more. So retail has this lagging um, adaptation to to right-sizing the wage program. Holy cow. I mean, this is going to have a profound effect. I think we're going to be having a few conversations about this because um, the the economics are are going to have to make sense or they're not going to. I mean, that's, I'm just a little bit away. The bottom line is, unless you're running pure e-commerce, you have to have people on the sales floor at some point. You have to have buyers, merchandisers, planners, visual people. There's no way to run a retail organization without the people. 
And in particular, if you don't have people on the sales floor, you don't make sales, period. So you really have to sit back and say, well, what's the cost benefit of having just one person at $18 an hour on the floor? How much can they really sell one person as opposed to, well, you know, maybe I should get up to 25 an hour and have two. Well, you know, these are easy calculations to make. And uh, quite honestly, the companies that do pay at a higher level, they can justify them because they see it in the sales. Mm-hmm. But where it's gotten stuck is that human resources on an almost annual basis goes in with the staffing budget. And once that's set, it's very hard to change. It's almost impossible to go back and get extra funding. So human resources is locked in a battle of trying to attract talent without enough money to do it. That's the bottom line. Wow. I mean, it takes a lot of money to uh, run a retail operation. Uh, I haven't had my own stores, so so I, I don't know this as much as some would. Well, it, it most definitely does. I mean, everyone will tell you that wages are the highest variable cost, variable being the word variable, because up until recent times, you couldn't uh, get rebates on your rent or deals from your suppliers, et cetera. I mean, it adds to uh, uh, a layer cake of problems re- uh, retail has to cope with right now, but no people means closed doors. And as you probably are aware, there's a good number of stores in malls now. They're not open the posted hours of mm-hmm. the mall. They are not open the 12 or 13 hours a day any longer. They're either closing on Sundays or they are uh, closing early, like at eight o'clock. Your typical store takes a minimum of 72 man hours to run. That's just Hmm. that skeletal levels, but it takes 72 hours. So what they're really telling you is that there isn't even 72 hours worth of labor to fill the need. I mean, it's terrifying. It used to be in the old days uh, when I started in retail, if you were one minute late opening that door or two minutes late and closing the door or closed early, uh, there was huge fines to be paid. Now it's basically, well, what do you want us to do? We have no staff. Holy cow. Holy cow. Now, um, stepping back into a bit of the previous conversation in terms of... Mm -hmm. uh, um, staffing. Why have people stopped looking for work other than retirement, of course? Um, there's a number of factors. One is um, the pandemic enabled a lot of people to pay off their debts. They paid off a lot of student loan. Mm-hmm. Uh, credit card debt is at a historical low in Canada. Mm-hmm. It it really is. So that pressure, other than the housing and some regular inflationary things, the uh, pressure to work is somewhat less. And that seems contradictory. And that's a whole nother show on its own. But basically, people have voted with their feet. If the pandemic taught people anything, it was, what is the value of my life? You know, it, it brought back this existential uh, reimagination of why am I here and what am I doing? And what you're seeing is a tremendous amount of people saying, no, you know what? I'm going to take those last two months with my grandmother and spend it with her. 
or I'm going to do a six-month sabbatical and travel the world. It's a do-it-now mentality. Retail has never been flexible enough to allow it. Mm-hmm. Because truthfully, instead of having people quit, um, if they allowed for that kind of flex time, they could probably hang on to a few people and have them come back later. But, you know, the, the real issue with retail, honestly, is they got rigid. They got spoiled from having this endless supply of min-wage people banging on the door. And they've really never molded into a more modern approach, such as flex time. Oh, it won't work in retail. Well, it certainly can work in retail. It's just nobody's tried it. Hmm. But effectively, people are doing other things with their lives. That's it. And nowadays, too, you you see people not buying cars. That's one of the, well, there's no cars to be bought for anyone. (laughs) Oh, there's no cars, period. But this is a trend you hadn't seen before. So if you don't have that $500 a month car payment plus two or 300 for car insurance, well, and the gas, you've got probably an extra $1,000 in your pocket that you didn't have before mm-hmm. that you don't need to produce. So in some ways, people are reimagining their lives to do with less in some categories and more in other categories. And one of the less ones is work. Interesting side note here. You know that in Holland, the average person only works something like 29 hours a week. Wow. That well over 50, between 50 and 60% of the entire population only works part-time. Hmm. And that's one of the reasons they have one of the highest satisfaction or happiness rates in the world, <clears throat> excuse me, is that they work less and work less is the theme for the next five years, 10 years, work less. Hmm. That is the driving force. Are are, are companies still productive with employees working less, fewer hours? All the studies say that they're more productive, that people get more done in the four days than they ever did in the five. Hmm. And it's true because when they do studies or analysis of your typical eight-hour day, they find that really only four to five of those hours, are you actively at the grind producing something, The rest is looking at emails, researching something, talking to your colleagues. Not that those things aren't valuable, but in billable hours of work, really out of an eight-hour day, most people produce four or five hours of work. Hmm. So productivity-wise, when people know they have less time to generate an end result, they just get at it and dig in. So effectively, across the world, there isn't a single study that says, um, three or four days isn't anywhere any any less effective than 40 hours. So, you know, I mean, there's no argument that less work is probably the way to go. Wow. This is fascinating no, stuff. Isn't, isn't it a big change? It's so changed. It's so different. Holy cow. Now, you mentioned uh, inflation earlier. What uh, impact is that having on uh, uh, retail staffing right now? Well, the biggest impact is on wages. I mean, wages were creeping up about three to three and a half percent a month um, as an attractor, you know, to try and attract talent. Well, that boomed over 5% in June alone. And I'm going to tell you, you're probably going to see that somewhere around six or 7% by the fall. Because as I said, minimum wage gets you absolutely no people. (laughs) You know, we, we can't 
dismiss immigration either. Um, if we're not, if we don't have a steady supply of new citizens bringing new skills and looking for work, and we're relying on own, our own birth rate uh, to generate human beings for work, uh, we can't keep up. And immigration's been shut down. I, I noticed that the federal government has reinstated their uh, lottery, fast track lottery. And so there are 2.5 million people waiting to immigrate to Canada who are qualified hmm. to immigrate. 2.5 million. And we can't process them fast enough. You know, the interesting thing, too, is the impact of the war in Ukraine. The number of Ukrainians who've come to Canada and are looking for work. These are some of the most highly educated people in the world in terms of tech skills. And if Canada needs anything, it's tech people for sure. Yep. But it's interesting to see how global events play out in retail. But as I just said, you know, if our own inflation is running at 7.7 and wages are increasing at an annual rate of about 5%, there's still a lag. You're still losing in terms of real wages. Fascinating stuff. Now, uh, is the wage growth a, a, a blip or is this something that you think we're going to be seeing longer term? Oh, it's definitely longer term. I mean, the the wage levels, um, uh, let's see how best to, to state this. Growth in wages was basically stagnant since the 70s. Hmm. Inflation continued. The value of the dollar increased. The value of wages was stagnant. We've effectively had no wage growth whatsoever since the 1970s. You can see it on a chart. So basically, back in the 70s, uh, a person working, making, let's say, a grand total of 20000 a year, could still buy a car for 5000 and buy a house for 40000 <laughs> Although Those wages have not yet kept pace whatsoever. Wages are a disaster. And, you know, there's a lot of reasons for this. And I'll say what it is in retail, very simply. Because it's a variable expense, anytime any company wants to make their bottom line look better, they just hack away at uh, manpower. And then, boom, all of a sudden, the bottom line looks better for this quarter. It's it's driving business by the quarters. And that is a form of retail that's been driven by investor retail as opposed to retail retailers, you know? Real retailers know that a story is longer than a quarter, but investors don't care. They want to return in the in that quarter. And the easiest way to do it is hack away at wages, benefits, whatever you've got there. And that would work until you ran out of human beings. The boomers are finished working. You are out of human beings to do this with. You need a new strategy, retail. Now, we've seen declines, as uh, you mentioned, and I think it was about 2.5%. If we continue mm-hmm. to see this over in the next few months, are some are stores even going to be able to stay open? It seems like this could become an emergency. It, it really is an emergency. And, um, you know, when we're reading in your articles uh, about all these new chains expanding, massive growth all across Canada, rapid expansion of stores, there's only one thought that comes to my mind. Where do you think you're going to find the people to work in them? Mm. I mean, all you can do is raid from your neighbor. And the only way to raid from your neighbors is to pay more, a lot more. So some companies will simply do that because they have no alternative. 
But in truth, if you continue to lose 2% of your workforce every single month, which is what is happening to retail, you're going to be short between 10 and 15% of the entire workforce by December. So going into your critical Christmas season, your holiday selling season, you've got no people. It is an emergency. Oh my God. The Christmas season is going to be crazy. It will be. Yeah. I mean, if you, unless the retailer are going to rely on e-com and, you know, consumers have shown that e-com isn't much of a thrill. It's not the thrill of shopping. It just isn't, you know? So we'll see. E-com is here to stay and it may grow in certain categories, but at the end of the day, people still like to shop. It's it's kind of our human nature, right? Yeah. Holy cow. Yeah, it is. We are. One thing I've noticed uh, recently, for example, is some stores are closed on Sundays and even some on Mondays uh, in, in downtown Toronto here. Like the street front retailers, not the ones necessarily in the shopping centers, but it looks like we're already starting to see this happening in terms of stores maybe not being able to stay open as many hours or, or certain days even. Well, that's exactly true, Craig. And uh, one of the things you'll also notice is that If you happen to have jobs for retailers that are on street level, you can find staff more easily because Mm. they've given up. They've given up doing nights. So, Mm. you know, part of the deal with retail in malls was that it was exciting. It was flashy. It was fun. But it also came with 12-hour shifts. And it also came with every weekend of your life. Well, the most successful retailers for staffing now happen to be street level because they aren't doing evenings anymore. And funny, they're going back to only being open Thursday and Friday nights and they're not open Sundays. So it's much more cost efficient if you don't have to stay open all those hours and it gives your staff a better work-life balance. So in that sense of the word, I think that's a trend that's going to carry on. Interesting. Holy cow. Now, Work from home. Let's talk about that for a moment. Uh, uh, what what impact is uh, work from home having on, on retail staffing right now? Um, you know, the, the, the reports suggest that about 20% of people are still working from home and will continue to do so. As talent becomes more rare, I think the number will actually inc- increase again because you really can hire a planner and a buyer anywhere in the world, if you want, um, from home. A lot of the administrative functions of retail don't have to be done in person all the time. Um, Learning and development, a lot of the categories that they have, analysis, finance, there really is no good reason for people to come into work. And as long as you don't force them to go to work directly into the office, possibly some hybrid, but as long as you don't force them, you can get talent. It is a, it's a real, um, it's still a real desirable feature from the candidate's perspective. I mean, one of the first questions I almost always get asked, is this hybrid? Is this work from home or is this in person? And Hmm. in-person jobs have all the popularity of measles, you know? (laughs) Holy cow. This is really interesting stuff. Again, I keep saying that, but. um... Well, it is. Uh, what would you say is holding down retail hiring right now in Canada as, as a really frank discussion? Um, besides wages, 
the other the other issue happens to be a commuting mm. where people could effectively and affordably commute to work. They're refusing to do that anymore. Um, it, it that just isn't happening anymore. The cost of gasoline is just way too high. If you have a minimum wage job and you're running through one to two hundred dollars a week in gas, it, there's, it negates the value of the job. Mm-hmm. So effectively, that is one of the biggest impacts. Um, some of the other factors, too, though, are retailers have failed to create a history for, let's put it this way, a future that they can use their history to build upon so that when they hire somebody, they hire someone to fill that function. But they very rarely will lay out a career path and say, you know, we'd like to grow you into a, a project manager, B, whatever the path might be. They don't. They don't show a vision. It's basically come in and sort the widgets for this many dollars a week. And that's it. So it's become almost a factory type of environment. Now, that's not to say that there aren't great companies doing great charitable things and team building. But at the end of the day, your career needs to have a path and a purpose. And retail has been terrible at creating paths and purpose. No one going in knows where they're going to end up. So what you see is a lot of job hopping and it isn't all about money, although that's certainly a factor. A lot of it is about vision. Someone wants to have a purpose for their work and their life and companies that can provide that have a big edge, a big edge. Makes sense. What can retailers do to attract people into uh, their stores as well as to have retail as a career? Well, you know, we have a really decent pool of new grads uh, coming out of uh, the schools in Montreal, in Toronto, in Calgary. Um, Retail really needs to snap those people up. They are reluctant to do it for some reason. I don't know why. Hmm. Um, Another thing retail has to get over is this experience, Canadian experience and experience in general. Hmm. Do you know that there is absolutely no proof? that whatever technical experience you have is any kind of indicator of how well you'll do in the future, unless you're a surgeon or an astronaut, there's very little data to um, support that, well, they need two years experience or five years experience or 10 years. None of it is very relevant at all. Nobody can scientifically prove it means much of anything. It's not a critical factor. And retail gets hung up of, well, you know, they don't have enough experience and they don't hire. The second feature is this. They don't have Canadian experience. Well, I don't know. But if you're selling a Prada bag in Dubai, it's not a whole lot different than selling a Prada bag in Canada. You know, so there's some some inborn biases of things of filters, I guess you would call them, that human resources has been using since the 80s, 90s, early 2000s, these filters to filter out. Retail is really good at filtering out people, very weak at filtering in. And we also have to fix the diversity issue. Mm -hmm. Yeah, are we still seeing uh, an issue with diversity in hiring for retail? Unbelievably so, but it's true. If we look at the stats... We find our Chinese population underemployed. We find our Black population underemployed. We find 
our Latino population underemployed? I bet you if you ask most human resource departments, they wouldn't even know that Canada had a Latino population at all Hmm. because it's almost invisible to them, right? But certainly the minorities, um, the visual minorities have a challenge still in Canada, but the linguistic um, minorities have an even greater problem. Yeah. That, that makes yeah. sense in terms of having language if you're on a sales floor or just in right. an organization doing certain things. Um, but, but you know, yeah. if, if it's based on color of skin, I mean, that's that's terrible. And, and especially at this point, you know, retailers could, I mean, you can afford to be racist at this point where we have a labor shortage. Do, do you think that we're in a, in a, in a crisis currently uh, in retail as, as we see? I think uh, we're in a crisis. I mean, and when I'm talking to my clients, they're, they keep trying to act like it's still 2019, but it was bad in 2019 too. This is a continuation. It's just worse. Mm-hmm. It wasn't great for hiring in 2019. You know, the crisis issue is that unless retail gets a lot more flexible, uh, here's an example. A lot of these people who don't speak English as well as we would like to have them in retail what does it really cost an employer to put in an English second languages program? Hmm. Nothing. They're all online. You know, retailers should be bringing people in and giving them three months of English second language courses online so that it improves. Almost all of them come with some English. Usually it's just an issue of accent. So, you know, it's the cheapest solution in the world. And I don't know a single retailer that does it. Hmm. And they should. It's easy. You've got all these qualified people, you know, especially in luxury. I mean, the the influx of people from Saudi Arabia, Dubai, Qatar, um, Pakistan, who are luxury retail specialists. I mean, serious luxury retail specialists who've been selling to the sheikhs and the, you know, billionaires from Russia, they're here in Canada and they want to work and they're having trouble getting hired. And I'm thinking our luxury staffing industry is so tiny, so barely even significant. We have this brilliance coming into the country and these folks are struggling to get employed. A lot of it has to do with no Canadian experience. And the other piece is some of them, their English is not 100%, but most of them, it's it's pretty good, you know? So we have to expand our horizons. Isn't that an old phrase? (laughs) And I like the message, too. I mean, there needs to be an inclusivity. Uh, It's going to benefit everyone in the end. Well, it does. We need to create opportunities for everyone. These are all... These aren't necessarily your tomato pickers coming in from Mexico, although we need those people desperately. Mm-hmm. Most of the people, you don't get into Canada without a high level of education to begin with. So the fact that, um, you know, so many of them are struggling, it's interesting. Those same stats do not apply to Asians. I don't know why. I guess because um, we're more accustomed to seeing those populations like Middle East and Asians than we are Chinese. I, I think that might not be true in British Columbia, um, but it, it just seems kind of bizarre why we're not taking advantage of all the talent in Canada and that anybody's being left behind at all. 
It's shocking, really. Well, thank you so much, uh, Suzanne. This has been Suzanne Sears. She's the uh, founder and president of Best Retail Careers International, as well as Retail Staffing Canada and Luxury Careers Canada. Thank you for joining us, Suzanne. Oh, my pleasure, Craig. I always enjoy talking retail with you. And I'm Craig Patterson. I'm the founder and co-editor-in-chief of Retail Insider, as well, of course, the host of this Retail Insider podcast. Thank you so much, everyone, for joining us here today. Take care and bye for now. 